eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. following is a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in again to another episode of Big Time Baseball Podcast, a Radio.com Sports original. I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. alongside John Heyman. You can follow me at Tony Gwynn Jr. on Twitter, and you can follow John at John Heyman. And you can follow Radio.com Sports on Twitter at RDC Sports. Uh, you can find and subscribe to each uh, of our shows weekly on radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. In this week's episode, uh, we'll have manager Aaron Boone of the Yankees joining John and I. And uh, under the circumstances, when we usually want to bring you a lot of news and notes and, and kind of have an interview to finish it off, we're, we're really pretty much centering our show around the interviews with a few MLB notes uh, that we have. So with that being said, let's hop into it. John, how are you doing today, man? I'm okay. I'm hanging in there, Tony. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Obviously, uh, all of us, I think, in this country are under a lot of stress as we are. Most of us are under stay-at-home orders, and uh, we try to ride this uh, COVID-19 uh, out. And at this point, we don't seem really seem to know how long uh, this is going to go. But hopefully we can get your mind off of that for an hour and uh, and talk a little bit of baseball Um Obviously, as we mentioned, we have Aaron Boone coming on later on. But let's start with uh, Noah Syndergaard and and Chris Sell because, John, it seems like they were able to get uh, their surgeries done just before um, it's seemingly all the doctors have kind of shut the uh, unnecessary surgeries down. Yeah, they absolutely were. I mean, it it is obviously very important for their careers, but, uh, you know, we've pretty debatable whether those are essential surgeries. So, um, right. you know, I think they got it done uh, at this point and uh, before uh, hospitals got overloaded. And uh, Noah, as we spoke about last week, got it done in Florida, not New York, where hospitals are really much, pretty much overloaded at this point. And, uh, you know, uh, so that's good that that's done. I, you know, I don't know what will happen uh, for guys that have need surgeries in coming weeks, but uh Hopefully, if they're just doing workouts, uh, nobody's uh, injuring themselves and uh, uh, can get by without any surgery. But uh, they did get it un- under the uh, under the radar, as you said. 
Yeah, I mean, it, 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 hopefully, I mean, it, it seems it seems small at this point to be talking about uh, the, the guys having Tommy John surgery, uh, but in the in the back of those guys' mind, it is their career. So I, I'm sure if there are some guys who weren't able to get the surgery, I'm sure that's a little bit of a worry. Another issue that seemingly has bubbled up was the minor league players and and what would happen with them. It seems like Major League Baseball ha- has come up with a plan, John. Yeah, they're going to continue to play the, pay the minor leaguers now through May, so another month at 400 a week. So uh, some guys will uh, who are at the lower ranks might actually get a little bit more money per week. Uh, the guys at AAA uh, will get less money uh, per week, but uh, it's something to at least tide them over. Uh, you know, MLB has to be reasonable here, and uh, I think so far they have. We'll see how it goes for the rest of the year because uh, Rob Manfred uh, – has the power to do uh, what he wants in terms of the minor leaguers. Uh, they don't have a, a union uh, at this point. Uh, there are some people uh, kind of suggesting they might start one, but they don't have a union. Yeah. We're under a national emergency. Uh, so uh, as the president has declared, and that gives management the right to, to do what it wants. So, uh, you know, uh, Rob Manfred could have uh, been much more heavy handed. Uh, he is paying them something. We will see what go- happens going forward at this point, though. I know there is a lot of concern down at that level. Yeah, and, and COVID-19 is not just impacting Major League Baseball in the United States. It, it's also impacting it across the sea. Uh, there was supposed to be a Cubs-Cardinals game in London. That has obviously uh, been canceled. Uh, John, how, how do you how do you think uh, sports, the sports world resumes, uh, especially baseball, their goal, their global plan uh, amidst, you know, the worldwide pandemic. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm just speculating basically like everybody else. I do occasionally talk to people. But, uh, you know, at, last week we were talking about uh, potentially late May or uh, June 1st uh, being an optimistic but possible starting point. At this point, I would say, uh, the, I've heard that's still a dream scenario. Uh, you know, to me, that's probably a pipe dream. I, I don't blame them uh, for not ruling that out yet. Uh, but I think at this point, uh, they would happily sign up for July 1st. Uh, there are a lot of issues. The news has not gotten better. Uh, the suggestion of a second wave of the virus coming in the fall uh, complicates things further. I mean, can they get started and have it be a window and then stop after a while? I mean, you know, I know that there is concern about what happens if we get started and then somebody tests positive. Now, is the whole team quarantined and how do you go on without a team? I mean, let's remember how this whole thing got started with the sports leagues getting canceled is when Rudy Gobert, uh, the Utah Jazz Center, uh, tested positive and uh, the NBA shut down the next day. And I test I texted somebody in MLB that night. the NBA just shut down and they were stunned. And the next day the MLB did it. So, uh, you know, uh, you can't have players being positive, testing positive. You can't have uh, any threat of uh, spreading any illness. I is certainly concerned about fans uh, right now. You wonder if, whether they might, if they do have games, would they be without fans? Um, you know, will games be moved? There's still a lot of issues. MLB is not naming any dates. They're not tying themselves down, which I think is smart, but, uh, at this point, as we speak today, I'm I'm feeling less optimistic than I did last week. I don't know if it's because I saw last night's press conference, but it, they seem to be very sober about it. And uh, 
they really revealed what could possibly happen with this uh, virus, and it is not pretty. Yeah, no, the news is certainly not good on, on what's ahead of us in, in terms of COVID-19. Uh, John, we talked a little bit about uh, the minor leaguers and, and, and how Major League Baseball was going to take care of those guys. Uh, we haven't talked about the, the, the guys on, on the big league roster. What has uh, come of the conversation between Major League Baseball and Major League Baseball Players Association? Yeah, well, they, they did come to an agreement uh, a week ago. And, uh, you know, a, a part of the agreement, uh, MLB will pay $170 million toward player salaries. So uh, that will give the Major League players uh, some money to tide them over. Certainly a very small percentage, something like less around 5% or less of, of their salary. Um, but again, uh, Rob Manfred with the National Emergency Act having been activated, uh, uh, he is eligible to do what he wants for the most part. I mean, you could always go to court and figure see what see how it goes. But uh, I, it was a very positive that they were able to get a deal done of yeah, some sort. Yeah. And there will be some money paid to the players, but uh, not every player is Garrett Cole making uh, you know, $34 million a year or Bryce Harper or Mike Trout. You know, a lot of the players, uh, you know, they're not uh, obviously indigent, but uh, uh, many of the players are just starting out and some of them are journeymen. And uh, it certainly created a lot of worry and stress uh, for major league players. It's $170 million intended to alleviate some of that for uh, those who are major leaguers, but maybe on the lower rung of things. But uh, I mean, right now uh, they, they did give the service time. Uh, if there is no season, they did say that there, if there is no season, uh, service time will be gotten by players uh, based on what they played in 2019. So that was a major worry about from major league players. They, they saw that as a potential loss of hundreds of millions of dollars and all, and, free agency so we we know that uh, even if there's even if there's no season uh, Mookie Betts and Trevor Bauer and Andrelton Simmons and uh, all the top players who were due to be free agents after this year still would be free agents and certainly that creates a complication for the Dodgers who gave up a lot including Jeter Downs a great prospect to get Mookie yeah. Betts and may not even see him play so uh, it could be a, a very big complication for them a negative one uh, so there's still a lot of possibilities. We're not sure. We're still hoping that there can be a season. We will, when we talk to Aaron Boone, we will ask him what he thinks uh, of the chances for a season uh, coming up. But, uh, uh, you know, right now I feel a little more negatively than I did last week. But, uh, you know, uh, hopefully we'll start to see some progress and we'll start to see that curve flatten. And hopefully we will see some Major League Baseball this year. I'm I'm not thinking it's going to be the 140 games they were hoping for, but even if it's 80 games, uh, I'll take it at this point. Uh, maybe that's me, but I don't know. What, what do you think, Tony? I'm willing to bet that we'll take anything we can get, 80, yeah. 65, 70. We'll take anything at this point because uh, it certainly uh, doesn't go without noticing that that sports is heavily missed right now. So uh, before we get to our uh, Aaron Boone interview, though, I I've noticed, John, that in the NBA, they've got the the whole NBA 2K20 tournament. They got some of their the players that like to participate in those video games. They're actually airing it on ESPN, and got me to thinking: Why isn't Major League Baseball doing this? Well, why uh, <laughs> are, why don't they get guys like Mike Trout and Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger to to get on these video games just to keep the game uh, at the forefront of people's minds? 
Well, you know, MLB players do play those games, and uh, you're a much more hip fellow than I am and younger. And so uh, I'm going to defer to you on that one. I, you know, I never would have thought of it. I don't follow it uh, with the NBA doing it. Uh, and by the way, the NBA, with all the contact sports, uh, I'm not sure we're going to see them for, for a long, long time. Uh, not to be negative, but uh, I'm going to defer to you on that one. I know people love it, and people love to see uh, – stars playing it so i i don't i actually as i think about it i don't think that's a bad idea it's not something maybe i would watch as a 59 year old man maybe that's why mlb hasn't <laughs> thought to do it yet because it's run by people like me but uh i i think maybe they should have more, more people like yourself involved and maybe they would uh, get, get going on this john listen i think i have four young children and it's a new thing where they enjoy watching other people play video games i can't wrap my mind around it but uh <laughs> it seems to be like the new craze so i, I listen anything that can keep baseball uh going and, and give people a, a, just a little bit of taste of it i think would would be a positive thing i'm absolutely for it. right now i'm i've been watching the uh on mlb network watching the uh, classic games i was watching the mariners uh, yeah. uh yankees uh this morning but you're right for someone who wasn't around 25 years ago to see that game uh, they may not be as interested and they may prefer to watch somebody else play video i can't imagine <laughs> that either but uh you know i'm gonna again you're a young man you have young kids and uh if they like it you know i think that uh, baseball wants to uh, get more young fans. So it's probably a pretty good idea. Yeah, certainly certainly different times. Certainly different times. All right, coming up, Aaron Boone, manager of the New York Yankees, will join John and I, and we'll talk about how he's coping with, with what's going on with COVID-19, how his players are, and we'll just talk about his journey to being a Yankees manager. All right, now we have the distinct pleasure of having Aaron Boone here on uh, Big Time Baseball. Very exciting. Terrific manager. 627 winning percentage for the New York Yankees. Best of any current manager and maybe the best of any manager ever, really. 627, fantastic. 126 home runs, including a home run that everybody in New York remembers and certainly everybody in Boston remembers. And just a terrific individual and uh He's been keeping his spirits up. I see him on the internet. I see him doing some interviews, and he's going to do one with us now. So, really appreciate your joining us, Aaron. How are you doing? First of all, I'm doing. I'm doing great. It's good to be on with you guys. All right, you have a terrific attitude as always, and we appreciate that. Uh, you're not far from the epicenter there in uh, in in New York. I know you, you live in uh, somewhere in Connecticut, and looks idyllic uh, on the internet when I I see pictures, but. Uh, what what's what have you been up to? Have you been staying in completely? Uh, I know that you were going to have a catch, I think, with uh, Garrett Cole, and I, you better bring the pad in for that one. But uh, did you have the catch? Have you gotten out at all, or are you pretty much staying in at this point? Uh, uh, pretty much, we're we're hunkered down. You know, we, you know, I've, I I do have to go to the grocery store today, so I, you know, we're, we're you know picking our days to between my wife and I, one of us going to do that. But for the most part, we've been kind of hunkered down and trying to stay in as much as possible. Kids haven't left. Um, I have gone and because Garrett lives close to me here in Connecticut. So I have gotten out and, and played catch with him a couple times. And uh, yes, he has, uh, my hand is still recovering from our last <laughs> <laughs> He's got pretty good stuff. Yeah. 
especially yeah. when I put him on the hill. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 putting it very lightly. He has he has terrific stuff, uh, Aaron. Obviously, this is extraordinary times that we're all dealing with. And uh, when this first started, you got you as an organization uh, decided to kind of hunker down and stay in Tampa. At that time, uh, what was your message to to your players? <clears throat> Yeah, so we kind of got together as a group and and just kind of talked it out. And you know, it everything happened and continues to happen so fast and evolve, yeah. and then and the and the kind of narrative changes. You know, I I think back to when we had the first conversation with our doctors, you know, talking about you know the virus and um, you know. It, 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 we were certainly aware of it, but there were several days where it wasn't really part of our world. Then all of a sudden we went across Florida to the other side to play the nationals um, and the, uh, and the Marlins. And, and all of a sudden I remember, you know, being at our hotel uh, as we we're, we we're on an overnight trip and, and the NBA got canceled and from mm-hmm. that or suspended. And from that point on, I mean, everything has just happened so fast. So we got back, we had the meeting that we were going to stay and kind of try and ride it out as best we could. And then the, the next few days evolved and, and it was like, you know, guys, no, it was probably best for guys to start going going home that, that didn't live in Tampa or didn't have a reason to be in Tampa. So, um, and then I eventually trickled out of there, but we we still have a, you know, six or eight, guys that are still trickling in there, whether it's doing rehab stuff or, you know, just using the facility, using the weight room, um, you know, doing some baseball activities. Um, so we do have a a handful of guys still down there, very unorganized, but, uh, it's just been, you know, such a fast moving situation that, you know, certainly me, but I, I don't think many of us could have imagined, uh, being at this point, you know, three, four weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. When the, when the players did disperse uh, at that point, I, I'm not sure that we knew New York was the epicenter and the players were, were given the option of going to their home where they live or mm-hmm. going to the franchise location in New York. So I, I know that you've been uh, doing a great job of keeping in touch with the players. Uh, are, are almost all the players at their home or are some in New York now? And I obviously hunkered down if you're in, in New York City. Uh, and uh, what are, what are their concerns right now as you speak to them? Because it seems like you're really really in touch with uh, basically all of them, and uh, you understand that obviously they have a lot of concerns about uh, about everything uh, to do with not just life but with their job as well. Yeah, New York, as far as going and, and using the facility, was was never really an option because uh, New York and Yankee Stadium has been closed down for for actually several weeks now. So um, that was never really an option for guys. Now, I feel like there's about eight or 10 guys that live in Tampa or, you know, have decided to stay there. So we have about eight or 10 guys as well as a couple of staff that, um, you know, trainers, a couple of coaches that live in the area that are, you know, kind of casually going in and and have kept GMS open. but then the rest of the guys are, are pretty much at home now. Um, and, and, 
you know, to varying degrees, able to continue kind of working out. Some guys have a great situation where, you know, they have a, a gym open to them or they have a home gym situation or, you know, pitchers are able to get out and throw on mounds or get to a kick guys are able to get to a cage and hit, you know, um, and, and just trying to keep tabs on that as best we can and kind of monitor what guys are doing so that hopefully when we do get back, we kind of know where everyone is, and know how we need to build guys up. Um, but other than that, just kind of checking in and just, you know, how they doing personally, how's their families, how you holding up those kind of, you know, conversations that I think we're all having with family, friends, loved ones, what have you. Those are the kind of things we're trying to keep up on with our players as well. Aaron, let's, let's whip out our crystal ball the best we can. Cause uh, a, a lot of places are under stay at home orders, at least until the end of April. Uh, it's probably mm-hmm. most likely going to push further into uh, May what what does spring a, a second spring training look like in your opinion? Like how long will players need if we get into mid May, late May, when we get started back up again? I think it I think it just depends on you know what what we would ultimately be prepared to open up with as far as roster construction. You know, or do we have a bigger roster? Do we have you know, strict to the 26. I think that'll all play into how long spring training actually goes. And I think that's why, you know, one of the things that's important for us as an organization, I'm sure a lot of is, is as best we can being able to keep tabs and monitor what our guys are doing, you know, especially because obviously that's going to be the biggest thing is being able to, to build guys up and especially starting pitchers to build, be able to build them out safely and, and smartly. Um, so I guess it depends on what, what ultimately major league baseball decides how we're going to start the regular season with what kind of roster construction that'll go a long way in determining how long spring training, spring training would have to be. Aaron, I realize we're all speculating here and none of us are doctors. Uh, Tony and I were on last week and we were suggesting that uh, late May or, June 1st uh, could be a possibility, uh, but now, I mean, I don't want to be a downer or anything. Uh, the quarantine uh, has been extended. The, the numbers aren't great, and they're even talking about a potential uh, second wave of, of this virus. Um, you know, are, how, are you keeping your hopes up or thinking that uh, we are going to have a season and uh, thinking that maybe it's July 1st is a, is a best-case scenario at this point, or do you have any thoughts on that? I don't know that they're updating when it's possible to even update somebody at this point. I don't know if anybody knows, but uh, do you still feel like we're going to have a season? Still feel hopeful about this? I absolutely feel hopeful that we're going to have a season. Um, I've tried to, even though it's hard, you know, because you kind of end up speculating every day, like, oh, you know, whatever little bit of information comes in, well, I could see a start on this date. And um, it's usually a futile uh, effort because you, you, you don't really have any answers and nobody really does. So you try and um, remain hopeful, remain optimistic, again, trying to keep tabs on our guys and what they're able to do as far as, especially the pitchers, as far as, you know, keeping their arms going to some degree. And, uh, you know, when, if, and when that time comes, um, as best we can go out there and, and, and be prepared to, you know, go win a championship. That'll be, that'll be our mindset. That'll be our focus. And, 
um, you know, I'm confident when we do get that call that, that our guys will be ready to go perform in whatever way, shape, or form that is. Yankees manager Aaron Boone joins us here on Big Time Baseball. Tony Goon Jr. alongside John Heyman. Uh, Aaron, you'd be going into, what, your, your third year as as Yankees sure. manager. Um, has this been everything that, that you, you wished it would be? Because you've had a lot of success, obviously, uh, not not the pinnacle where, which you which you really expect, wanted to get to, but uh, you've you've had a lot of success. Has this been everything it's been cracked up to be? Well, I'll, I'll say say it this way: I love it. I've loved I've loved uh, pretty much every day of it, even the, even the hard parts. And there's obviously you know some some challenges that you're constantly dealing with. Um, there's highs and lows that you got to navigate. Um, you know, there's, there's tough stretches that you go through, you know, personally as an organization, whatever it may be that you got to be able to roll with and handle. And I can say I've enjoyed, enjoyed it all, even the difficult parts of it. Um, and I think that gets back to, you know, the organization that I'm working for, you know, working for the Steinbrenners and for Brian Cashman and the coaching staff and staff members that I have and the team that we have, um, it's a place that I've wanted to come work to work every single day. And that's, you know, in a lot of ways when, when, with your job, that's, that's all you can ask for is when, when it's a place that you want to go, um, whether you're going through a a great stretch or whether you're going through tough times. Um, I think that's, that's all you can hope for. And, um, that's been my experience as far as, you know, you know, what do you expect? I, I don't know if you can ever, really know exactly what to expect when you haven't done it before but um i can say it it hasn't been overwhelming by any means it's been it's been very rewarding and and um you know the the opportunity to work for this organization and to try and hopefully as you say reach the pinnacle and win a championship i can think of nothing better um from a professional standpoint Aaron, uh, and I, I don't, you probably don't remember this part, but uh, I actually covered your uh, father in 1987 with the Angels, and uh, I can recall you and uh, you had a young, you have a younger brother as well, not just Brad, yeah. uh, and around that clubhouse a little bit, and uh, and uh, certainly Ross Newhan's son, David Newhan, also became a major leaguer. Uh, it's incredible the talent of the children that were around uh, in the mid mid to late 80s in that clubhouse, and but you always had a a very upbeat uh, attitude, a positive attitude, and terrific spirit about you. And uh, I think part of the reason the Yankees hired you was for this communications uh, skills that you have and the ability to really um, uh, connect with uh, just about anybody. So, I, you know, you're, you, you are in touch with all these players. I just want to ask you, you know, uh, how difficult you, – you obviously are doing a good job keeping your spirits up and keeping things in the best perspective possible uh, – how difficult has it been for these players that you're in touch with? Because, I mean, this is a big roster. There's a lot of people on this roster, a lot of players on this roster from superstars. And, you know, even the Yankees have some regular players. Not everybody's a superstar. And uh, everybody's got a, a different result from this uh, terrible uh, epidemic that we have here. Um, how, how have the players been that you've dealt with uh, over the past uh, few weeks? Really good. Um, you know, I've, I, I've been really happy with, with, you know, how they're doing and their, their frame of mind. And I feel like they have, um, by and large, a, a really good perspective on, on what's going on. 
Um, and, and, you know, as I check in with guys, whether it's through text message, um, you know, I've FaceTime a couple of guys, which is kind of funny. Thinking about <laughs> FaceTime with, with Luke Floyd yesterday with, his, <laughs> um, they're doing all right. You know, they're, they're for the most part, um, all in some way, shape or form, um, being able to, to work out and, and, you know, keep their bodies going as much as possible. Um, and I feel like by and large, their frame of mind is, is good through, through obviously very challenging times. And, you know, one of the biggest things, you know, we want is just kind of checking in on their, their emotional and mental state, just how they're, how they are and how their families are doing. And, um, by and large, um, so far we're doing really well. Aaron, I think back to, to, to 2001 and uh, September 11, 2001, and I think back to yeah. the week a, week after when baseball got going again, and it was like the first time everybody got back to somewhat uh, of some normalcy in their life in, in terms of sports. Well, how big of an impact do you think uh, the game of baseball and sports in general can have uh, for the public when we get to that point? Yeah, I, I think I think as big, Tony, or or even bigger than nine eleven, and and obviously both of us having played through that and know how big that was, and you know certainly on another level when you talk about New York and that that Met Brave game was on last night that I watched uh, I watched right. a fair amount like to to you know know how emotional and how how much a huge part of the healing process that was for for New York. Um, you know, I think uh, this has a chance to be very similar and maybe more just in the sense that, you know, I, I can't tell you how many buddies of mine or, or family members have reached out to me and just how much for maybe they miss baseball, but how much they just miss sports. And, and I know yeah. me as well, you know, I'm dying to watch an NBA game right now or <laughs> you to watch one of our games or when my on my iPad, it pops up that, you know, we're playing the Rays at 7.05 or 7.10. And fit, I told my wife last night, we're sitting there. I got my alert at 50, 6.55. I'm like, well, we play the Rays in 15 minutes. So, you know, <laughs> we're dying for this. So I, I, I can't imagine, like, the first live sporting event uh, that happens, you know, whether it's, you know, in a stadium full of fans or whether it's even in, in an empty stadium on TV. Like um, I think there's so many Americans that are absolutely starved for that. And, and I think that'll be playing a, a really important part of, of the healing process as hopefully uh, sooner rather than later, we start to move out of this. I'm doing the same as you. I'm watching these old classic uh, games, and uh, this morning they had on the uh, what's known as the Aaron Boone game, 2003, uh, and uh, I found it very interesting. They uh, talked to a lot of players, and yourself, Aaron, had uh, comments about it, and you, you said it was uh, you remember some things like it was yesterday, and, and that was a little bit like a fog for you. What, what do you recall about it? I mean, uh, you know, that's ranked as the ninth best home run in major league history by, by one poll. And uh, it's remembered extremely fondly in uh, your town now and not so fondly in Boston, but uh, what do you remember about it exactly? Um, you know, I guess a lot of my memories come from, because I've, I've seen it so many times, you know, or I've seen, you know, you know, like uh, 
the MLB network version of it where they, you know, they're interviewing different guys. I've done so many things like that over the years. So I've seen it repackaged in so many different ways, as well as watching the game or, or obviously seeing the highlights. So I guess a lot of my memories from it or <clears throat> experience from it, frankly, come from watching it, you know, and, and watching somebody's reaction or, you know, picking a different guy out in the crowd that I may watch and see what they were doing. Um, I, I like to do that. Or, or maybe sometimes I'll see a, a, a player react at a different point in the video that, you know, those are things that help kind of, I guess, uh, re rekindle that memory for me a little bit. And, um, but obviously it's, you know, a pretty, pretty great moment in my life, but it, but it is something that, you know, I tell people like there's photographic things you can remember. Like it was yesterday. It may have been 20 years ago, like exactly where you were, what you were feeling, what you're, what you're, you know, what you were seeing. And, and that's clearly not one of those for me. The, the biggest memory, honestly, from that 2003 season is, is watching the Marlins celebrate on our field mm. at, at stadium in game six, when they, they beat us to win the world championship. I mean, honestly, I can remember and see that like it was uh, yesterday. just the deafening silence in Yankee stadium and hearing the Marlins like almost off in the distance, like their voices celebrating on the field. That's that's the biggest memory. Unfortunately, I take away with me. You know, yeah. I think sometimes in sports you have so many great moments, but some of the hardest ones are the are the ones that stick with you the most. Yeah, I, I remember both very well. I just, I just to interject for a second. I can remember both very well. Obviously, the Beckett fielding the uh, final out and uh, tagging. Uh, I don't remember who the hitter was at the time. And. Uh, yeah, your you your memory's better than mine. You're younger than I am, so you remember. <laughs> Good for you. I remember that, and I remember when you hit that home run, and we were in the press box in Yankee Stadium, and I won't name the name, but one writer was obviously rooting for the Red Sox and took his work bag and flung it against the back wall. I re that's what I remember from that. Wow. <laughs> I won't tell you who it was. Okay. Aaron, who you obviously are one of the the few that's got to wear a couple different hats in, in this in this game of baseball. You, you had a long playing career. You transitioned to the the TV side of baseball, and and now you're back on the field as a manager. Has, has wearing those other hats has it helped you have the some of the success that you've had in terms of dealing with players, in terms of dealing with personalities? Oh, I think so. Uh, look, and I I think there's there's so many different ways and everyone has a different path and a different story, but all of it, you know, you know, allows you to gain experience. And, and, you know, I've certainly had a, a, a unique experience kind of, you know, like you growing up in the game, growing up in the clubhouse, you know, my dad was his big league career was from the time I was born to my senior year in high school. And then, um, you know, getting to getting to play as many years as I did in the big leagues, and then being a part of the media and and seeing that side of things, and being in the broadcast booth right after my playing career, which allowed me to stay connected. I feel like to the game, and um, you know, so maybe it's a little bit of an unconventional path to get to where I to to be in the manager of the Yankees, um, but but it also I think all these experience I've gained over my lifetime were valuable and, and I think prepared me well. Um, but, 
there's a lot of different ways it can be done. And, um, you know, my, mine's certainly a little bit of a unique one, but, but one that, that I feel like has served me well. I wasn't sure I was going to ask this, but uh, you, you mentioned the NBA, so it, it, it jogged my memory of your love of basketball. And uh, this was a moment that was maybe not a happy moment in your career, but uh, you you did the right thing. Uh, you know, we know a lot of baseball players who've gotten injured off the field and made up a story. And you were injured playing pickup basketball. You admitted to the Yankees, and ultimately they cut you and signed Alex Rodriguez, which opened a whole new Yankee story uh, that we won't get into right yeah. now, but he had quite a Yankee career and uh, we know where Alex is now. But uh, I want to ask you, what do you recall about that pickup game? I never really heard that. We never really heard the details of exactly what happened, who you were playing with and what made you tell the truth? I mean, uh, I think your personal characteristics, uh, I think ultimately helped get you this job because they, I think really appreciated a, somebody that, honest it's just such a rarity in life do you do you do you ultimately think that played into you getting this job off of uh espn broadcaster straight to the yankee manager uh doug doug uh, uh to be the yankee manager look I, I think everything um you know that happens whether it's through your experience that shape who, who you are whether it's the way you've dealt with things whatever it may be you know I don't think he could ever say one thing or something, you know, led me to where I am now or led me to this job. But I think it's all part of, you know, the, who I am, the, the, all the things that went into the pie that allowed me to be in this position. I think, I think, I think you don't discount anything. Um, as far as taking you back to that day, um, what I remember about it was a Friday I actually worked out with my trainer on Friday, but I didn't do my cardio that day. And my brother-in-law was going to play a pickup basketball game that night. And my, my wife and I, we, we had nothing going on. Um, so I was just like, man, I'll go run with you up and down the court, kind of get my cardio in for the day. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was very early in the game. Um, the, I, I was about at the free throw line, on on defense and the ball went out of bounds by the basket and the guy saved it out of bounds kind of over my head going towards the other going towards our basket the other way and i almost like receiving a pass like a, a football pass over my shoulder kind of going that way i i went to go receive it and this guy came in and just wiped me out um from the side and i i it was kind of violent and painful and I got up and hopped off the court and cried my way home as I drove home back to my house and knowing that this probably wasn't real good. I, I guess the, the 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 question that we should have asked were, were you getting any buckets during that game? <laughs> I, think I had one but I wasn't even mixing it up. It wasn't me like I was in there rebounding or anything like that. Moving up and down the court and, you know, uh it, it obviously didn't turn out well, but, but I also, I, you know, kind of believe everything happens for a reason. It's all part of your journey, part of your path. It was part of my path and it led me to, you know, other places and other teams and other great experience that have all gone into shaping who I am. And, um, you know, it, it, you know, life isn't all, all, all good, obviously. And there's, right. there's, 
different adversities we all have to face and and you try and do the best with all of it and i've kind of always had that attitude well I, you know I, i've had an opportunity aaron to to be in a clubhouse with your brother brett i've spent some time with your pops who out of the two you and brett are are, are more like your pops <laughs> um i don't know you know a lot of people say i'm a lot more like my dad but i can see that know, some people some people would you know argue otherwise um i don't know I, you know i don't know i think people always assume i'm like my dad and my brother's not <laughs> uh, that's what i would have guessed that's what i would have guessed too <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but i think as people get to know us more that um you know they're they they change their tune a little bit on it and actually you know like you know brett and brett and my dad my dad will tell you brett my dad and brett really connected especially in baseball on on like they work together a lot and you know Brett would always go to my dad for, for advice. And he was kind of his hitting coach and really could connect with him and speak the same language and stuff. And so they had a real strong baseball connection in that way. You know, I, I wanted to ask you about, uh, I've got to ask you about this. Uh, it was caught on tape, I think by John boy and made into a big hit. Uh, your savages. Uh, oh yeah. That was huge. Uh, did, I mean, did you know that you're being taped? Do you think about I mean, it was just incredible. Uh, it really was. I, I almost, if it was me, I, I, I would have tried to make some more money out of that maybe and uh, had T-shirts or something more. But uh, it was it was amazing. And it was that your greatest, greatest uh, tantrum ever on the field? Because you're a pretty pretty mild guy you, normally, I think. But, uh, you know, you, you can snap on occasion. So uh, was that your greatest one? And was that planned out or how'd that come about? Well, no, it wasn't planned. Um, and, and, <laughs> that, that, it seemed so perfect. You never think you're going to be filmed. So I'm surprised, like, you know, and, and I knew actually a few innings after somebody brought me said something that it's this is blown up like they have the audio of it and i was like oh wow <laughs> you know my wife and kids aren't gonna be real happy with me because i know uh you know there were some some words in there that you know so it was mixed you know it was I, I you know i always try and kind of stand up for our players and it was a situation where in the game where i felt like you know, we had a player or two that were in jeopardy of maybe um, getting ejected. And and I definitely uh, want to make sure I kind of stand in between that. Um, but there's also, a you know, I, I, I never want to embarrass anyone or show anyone up. And, you know, there, I, I know some people could certainly take it that way in how I handled the situation. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, as upset as I am is – I felt like through it all, I was always very much in control and usually feel like even when I get upset, I'm usually pretty in control of myself and my emotions. Um, but, you know, I get a little passionate sometimes too, but it's something that obviously kind of took on a life of its own and, um, you know, led to a lot of good t-shirts and, uh, and a, lot of, a lot of fun for our fan base and our players to kind of have some fun with. Well, I want to stay on that, Aaron, because clearly um, 
like you said, you probably got back to the clubhouse and once you were informed that they had audio, you probably had some mixed emotions onto how it would look to other people. But inside that locker room, in the back of your mind, you were a former player. That You, you had to have some inkling that that would play pretty well in that clubhouse. Well, yeah, pretty quickly, um, it, it played pretty well with the guys. Yeah, I think they, yeah. I think they liked it. I think the shirts were out like the next day. Like, they were already <laughs> those things off, and and I did have a number, of, John, a number of friends and and people throughout the game saying you need to you need to trademark that. You need to you know. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I, def- I definitely didn't want to do that. Um, you know. And, you know, there are plenty of people that for as many people that enjoyed it or, or liked it, there were enough people that didn't. And yeah. Mr. Tory, my old manager who handles the discipline and handles the fines, who <laughs> find me pretty half, heftily for that, um, you know, he, he didn't like it as much as some, some of the other people. <laughs> uh, he was just jealous. That was fantastic. Savages in the box. We'll never, we'll never forget that. I, I think that was probably your greatest moment, even after uh, the 2003 home run. Actually, you know, telling the truth about the basketball injury, uh, to me, that's, that's the greatest thing that you've done. I, you know, I had one more thing to ask you. Uh, you've won 100 games plus in both of your seasons, man. You've done a terrific job. Uh, both times you were eliminated in the playoffs, uh, 2018 by Boston, 2019 by Houston. Uh, Boston's going to be punished for what happened in 2018. Houston, uh, you know, they say it's 2017, but I, I think there were suspicions beyond uh, 2017. Uh, you know, I know Dave Roberts, who we'll have on next week, uh, said that uh, they'll have karma. Uh, how, how do you look at it? I mean, are you uh, angry about it? Uh, you feel like it was an injustice? Uh, I, I certainly would. Uh, what, what's your what's your feeling? Because both both of both of your eliminations were teams that are, have been now caught. Yeah, um, believe me, I've had every possible emotion you can have about it, especially as things kind of you know slowly unfolded. I think this winter, as as things became clear, and so you know, I experienced a lot of a lot of emotions that I'm still kind of you know, making sense of and wrapping my head around just exactly how I feel about it. And in the end, though, I don't know if I can totally get there because I don't know if we'll ever know exactly what went on. And and, and you can kind of drive yourself nuts, um, you know, speculating. And I don't want to just assume based on this happened two years ago, so this was happening now. You, you can go down that road forever, and uh, that's kind of I, I feel like as an industry, um, we've we've come a long way now this winter, and with some of the penalties that have been handled out, and hopefully um, making it a level playing field, eliminating some things that were probably an issue in our game, um, hopefully moving forward, and um, I feel like. <clears throat> as baseball will be better moving forward and, and, and I'm good with that part of it. And hopefully, um, you know, a level playing field means, means better things for us uh, moving forward. Well, Aaron, it's been a pleasure having you on uh, your joy as we all knew. Awesome. Uh, terrific. Terrific. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, you're doing the most that you can right now. I understand uh we're all frustrated about the situation and certainly uh, all of Major League Baseball is. And uh, we really appreciate your time. It's uh, 
it's been fantastic having you on here and doing I appreciate being on with you guys. You guys and your families uh, stay well. We'll see you soon. You we'll do the same, Aaron. Absolutely. A great message from Aaron Boone. And thank, thank you to him for coming on. Uh, he's as fantastic as we would have expected. Uh, terrific uh, job by Aaron Boone. And uh, that's a wrap for us on Big Time Baseball. Uh, it's been a, another great episode. Thanks to Tony Gwynn. And uh, we will see you next week. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.